Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We bless you. We honor you. We lift you up. We extol you. You are absolutely 100% worthy of our praise. And we come tonight and we say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for every way you show us love. Thank you for your correction. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for your direction. And Father, as we dive in tonight, we into this healing message, we pray that it would become real to us, alive to us. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, come and help us. One of the instructions that we get about you is that you will lead us into all truth. We don't want to hang on to religious thinking or, you know, bad teaching, bad theology that we've heard that keeps us from receiving everything that you have for us. We don't even want to exalt our experiences. We want to lift you up so that the word is exalted and that our lives is changed because anytime we see here and understand, we shall be healed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, this is what I need everybody to do, even though you've already done it before. I need you to put it in the comments and I need you to say it out loud where you're sitting. Healing is for you too. Healing is for you too. Listen, tonight I am going to be talking about the miraculous, the supernatural, the healing power of God. So if you just jumped on, here's what I'm telling you. You know somebody who is challenged in their body. You know somebody who has chronic illness. You know somebody that's 35 taking high blood pressure medicine. You need to tag them. You need to get them on. You need to text them. You need to call them. And you need to say there is an answer for you in the word of God. Now, I want to give you this thought as we get started. The command for every believer to embrace supernatural living is not a marginal aspect of faith. It is fundamental. I'm going to say that again. The command for every believer to embrace supernatural living is not a marginal aspect of faith. It is foundational. It is not marginal. It is foundational. Now, you may be thinking, what do I mean by that? What do I mean that it is not marginal? It is foundational. If you study the life of Jesus, and we'll look at a couple of scriptures tonight. If you let it study the life of Jesus, you are going to see that the Bible says a lot that Jesus preached, he taught, and he healed. You're also going to see the New Testament church. They preached, they taught, and they healed. So what we have to ask ourselves is how did we end up with the Christianity that has separated healing from the gospel when that is not the way Jesus taught it? Jesus never taught healing and the miraculous as something ancillary. In fact, Jesus taught it as a main part of the kingdom. Why? Because sickness and disease is from the devil. It is not the will of God. First John is not in the notes. It says, for this cause was the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. I want you to put this in the comments. Sickness is a work of the enemy. You got to get your mind around it right. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, 
everybody gets old and they have to die from something. Do you find a scripture that says that everybody gets old and they have to die for something? Or should it be more like that we fulfill our assignment and then we say it's time to go home because we have fulfilled our assignment? There was no sickness in the garden. Sickness only came after sin came, which is why Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. So let's talk about this. According to Webster's Dictionary, a miracle is an event that appears to be contrary to the laws of nature and is regarded as an act of God, an event or an action that is totally amazing extraordinary or unexpected. Now, this is what Webster's Dictionary says. I want to read it for you again. It is an event that appears to be contrary to the laws of nature and is regarded as an act of God, an event or an action that is totally amazing, extraordinary, or unexpected. Now, for believers, I want us to keep that definition, but I want us to lose the last word because as born again believers, we should expect events that appear contrary to the laws of nature and are regarded as acts of God and event and actions that are totally amazing, extraordinary and expected. Put this in the comments. We expect miracles. We expect miracles. Now, I know that some of you really got to work on your mindset because I know that some of you grew up in churches and you didn't see miracles. I know you grew up in churches where people went on the sick and shut in list and they never came out. I know that you know people that have taken medicine for 30 and 40 years, but we expect miracles. You must expect events that appear to be contrary to the laws of nature. What is a, a what is an event that appears to be contrary to the law of nature? An event that appears to be contrary to the law of nature are the two people that we had the opportunity to pray for that were diagnosed with HIV that there is not supposed to be any cure for and now they are they test negative for HIV. That is an event that appears contrary to the laws of nature. It appears contrary to the laws of nature that once you have been diagnosed with cancer, that you don't have to take chemo and appeal for the rest of your life. It is an event that is contrary to the laws of nature, but we expect miracles. Come on, I need your help tonight. We expect miracles. We expect miracles. We expect miracles. You got to get it in your heart that we expect miracles. Now, let me tell you what happens sometimes. What I have seen in my years in the kingdom is that we have a tendency to dumb down the word to match our experiences. So when someone begins to say, we expect miracles, we expect God to do the impossible. We believe that stage four cancer can be healed. We believe that when there is no answer that God can make a way out of no way. We believe that there can be new kidneys and new lungs and new hearts and all of those things. What somebody says is you begin to call on your experience. Well, my grandmama sure was good and she believed God and she didn't get healed. Let me give you something that will help you in this journey. You must refuse to reduce your theology to your experiences. You must make your experiences rise to your theology. 
You must refuse to reduce your theology to your experiences. And instead, you must make your experiences rise to your theology. What does that mean? That means that every one of us probably knows what it's like to pray for somebody and we did not get the outcome that we expected. We did not get the end result that we expected. But we don't take away what God said. Instead, we go deeper. Come on. You know, if you were at the fire experience or you've been at the huddle, we sing a song. If you go deep and I go deep. So we go deeper in the word of God. We come back to God and we say, hey, listen, we know this is what scripture said. We didn't see it in this case. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Show us what we didn't know. Help us close the gap. I need all 60 of y'all tonight to put in the comments. Holy Spirit, help me close the gap. Help me close the gap. Open up my understanding. Open up my revelation. Open up my insight. But help me close the gap. Man, I'm fired up. I was just thinking, Jamie just came in the comments. Jamie's one of our partners. And she today her daughter, or yesterday her daughter, broke her fingers. And my expectation is the supernatural release, those bones coming back together even now. Because I believe as born-again believers, again, we always teach this at Fellowship of Champions, faith does not deny circumstances. Faith says we believe the power of God is bigger than our circumstances. So in order to stir your faith tonight, I'm going to give you a testimony about a time I prayed for somebody with a broke ankle. We were at our Conway location. It was the first time she had come to church. So the, the greeters, had they sat her close to me, right behind me, in fact. And it, it was when I was real, when it was like every Sunday, I would be like, let's pray for healing. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for healing. And so I say, let's pray for healing. And I turned to her and I said, what can I pray for you about? And she was like, oh, I'm so glad um, I broke my ankle. And I was wondering if you could pray for it. And I got to be honest. I was like, so God, we can't get a headache. We, we can't get, you know, a yeast infection. We got, we got a broke bone today. And listen, I was just like, Oh, Lord Jesus, I know you can do it, right? And I just laid my hand on her ankle and I said, be healed in Jesus name. I didn't pray any long prayer because I didn't want to mess it up because it was feeling a little suspect to me. My mom was trying to tell me why it wouldn't work. My mom was trying to tell me why it wouldn't come to pass. Can I tell y'all something? Seven days later, that lady came back to church wearing high heels and danced. And she said that by the time she got out of church, that her foot was healed. She happened to be a nurse and she went back and had them x-rayed and the break had been healed. Why? Because we dare to believe God. Tell your neighbor, God just needs somebody who will take a risk. God just needs somebody who will take a risk. God needs somebody that will take a risk. I want to talk about the four categories of miracles that we see in scripture. Number one, healing miracles. Healing miracles, we call them the curing of physical impairments and illnesses. Number two, exorcisms. Exorcisms, the casting out of demons and unclean spirits. Nature miracles, the calming of storms and feeding multitudes. 
and then restoration miracles, restoring the dead and restoring life. Those are the four categories of miracles that we can see in scripture. Now let's get into the word because none of this matters if we don't establish it on the word. Let's look at Matthew 4, 23 in the King James Version. Matthew 4, 23 in the King James Version. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So it tells us what Jesus did when he was on the earth. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, praising the good news of the kingdom and doing what? Healing every disease and sickness among the people. There is no disease or sickness too small, no disease or sickness too big for our God. Because the scripture tells us that he went about teaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Can I get some folks to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. See, you ought to be getting stared right now. And if there's something on your body, if you got a headache, if your back is hurt, if your hip is out of alignment, if your knees have been aching, if you have periods that make you cramp up, you ought to be laying hands on your body and you ought to be declaring the word. Every disease, it includes you too. You got to go too. One of the things that I submit to most believers is we are way too passive and we accept way too much stuff that Jesus did not want die for us to accept. The Bible says, by his stripes, we were healed. I want you to practice all during tonight's teaching. Take your healing. Now let's look at Matthew 12 and 15. It says, a large crowd followed him. And he healed all who were ill. How many did he heal? How many? See, you got to break up with that theology that has said to you, oh, no, I've had it too long or I can manage it or God doesn't heal everybody. Because Jesus modeled for us that even when a large crowd followed him, what did he do? He healed all who were ill. Are you ill tonight? Take your healing, friend. Take your healing by faith. Lay hands on your body. Do something you couldn't do before. Now let's go to John 20, 30 through 31 in the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Can you tell your neighbor that life includes healing? Can you tell your neighbor that the John 10 and 10 life includes healing? Where am I stared up people tonight? I need my people who got hearts and fire. My people who on fire. I need my stared up folks. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't need my regular saints tonight. I need my stared up people that just went, wait a minute, life includes healing. 
This abundant life that Jesus came to give us, it includes healing. So I'm just going to take my healing. I'm just going to take it day by day. I'm going to take my healing day by day. I love this scripture in John because it says Jesus literally did more miracles. There's one place in scripture where it says Jesus did so many miracles that if you wrote them all in books, the books would wrap around the earth and you still would not be able to record all of the stuff that Jesus did in three years of ministry. And he says, but these are written in this book. Why? That you might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that by believing you might have life. I need to tell y'all something. Eternal life started the moment you got born again. You do not have to wait to get to heaven to have eternal life. In fact, the mandate is to bring heaven down. But the end game is not for you to go up. But the mandate is to bring heaven down. That's why Jesus said, when we pray, pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that some of you need to kick sickness out of your life right now. You need to take authority over it. You need to lay hands on your eyes. You need to lay hands on your ears. You need to lay hands on your stomach and tell your digestive system to line up. You need to have an expectation. If you are a nurse, if you are a doctor, I know you got to do the stuff that they tell you to do, but you ought to be giving medicine with the expectation. You ought to be giving medicine with the expectation that the supernatural power of God will go beyond what that medicine can do and not just manage pain and not just manage pain, but bring healing. Look at Darius just gave us a testimony. Baby, y'all better get everybody y'all know on this. Darius said, I operate heavy equipment on a rough terrain. So I got thrown around a lot today and I pulled a muscle and it just left my body. So come on, Darius, give the pain just left your body. Get up and do something you could not do and send us that testimony so that we can record it because healing is for you too. You know what I love about what Darius did? He just took it. He didn't wait on me to pray. He didn't wait on a service for somebody to lay hands. He just took it. Why? Because when faith comes, healing comes. Take your healing today. My God. Let's look at Mark 16 verses 15, 17 through 18. It says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Tell your neighbor that includes healing. The gospel always includes healing. It always includes deliverance. It always includes freedom. It includes everything Jesus came to give us. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody say recover. Somebody say recover. Baby, if it's somebody in your house that's got an ailment, you ought to just grab them and say recover in Jesus name. They ought to just walk by. You ought to just say recover. In Jesus, and they shall recover. 
and they shall recover. Get up and do something you couldn't do. Go ahead and touch your body. Do what you couldn't do. You're going to see tonight that lumps are going to dissolve. You're going to see tonight that body systems are going to recover. You're going to see tonight that bones are going to grow back. You're going to see tonight that metal is going to disappear out of body and range of motion is going to be restored. In fact, right now, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. If you have something in your body where you do not have full range of motion, I want you to get up and tell that part of your body to recover and then do what you couldn't do before and testify in the comments. Baby, listen, you ought to be excited. Come on and tell your neighbor, Jesus, Lord. Baby, Jesus is Lord and he is still in the healing, delivering and setting free business. Jesus is still Lord and he is still in the healing and delivering and setting free business. Go ahead and recover now in Jesus name. Let's look at John 14 and 12 in the New Living Translation. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater because I am going to be with the Father. Oh my God, did you hear what Jesus prophesied over us? He says, I want to know this. Does anybody believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus. He says, anybody who believes in him, guess what you go do? The same works and even greater work. Say, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe that one of my biggest mistakes when I first started operating in healing is that instead of just saying, I believed I received, I just kept saying, how is it going to happen? No, I believe I receive. I believe I receive because Jesus said it. That's how it's going to happen because Jesus said it. I had to learn to get like Mary and say, be it unto me according to your word. I don't really know how I'm going to do greater works, but I don't have to know. What I do know is that because I believe in Jesus, I'm going to send the word into your situation. Because I believe in Jesus, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. Because I believe in Jesus, I'm going to anoint with oil. Because I believe in Jesus, I am going to do what he told me to do. Guys, God just needs somebody to take a risk. Do I have any risk takers out here? Do I have any risk takers? I want to remind you, if you just came on, Darius Smith just got healed in this live today. I want you to know that Darius's testimony without anybody laying hands on him is that he was listening to the word. Today, he drives. He does a job that requires him to be thrown around a lot and that today he pulled a muscle and he got healed supernaturally as we were sitting here. Baby, God is a supernatural God and supernatural healing is still a real thing. So don't you let Darius be the only one. You go ahead and touch your body too. You go ahead and do something that you couldn't do before. You go ahead and lay your hands on your kids. Lay your hands on your mother. Lay your hands on your mother-in-law. You get your expectation up and you speak to your body and say, it is so. I want to remind you what I said at the beginning, that the command for every believer to embrace supernatural living is not a marginal aspect of faith. It is foundational. It is foundational. It is foundational. Jesus makes it abundantly clear in both word and deed that healing and miracles are a part of the gospel. And so we reject every lie that separates healing from the gospel. So many believers don't even believe in healing and many more do not believe that healing should be a normal or natural part of our, our Christian experience. But I have come to tell you that healing is still the will of God. And for the people who say Jesus stopped healing 
after the apostles. Do y'all know that it was healing before Jesus came? Hezekiah was healed. The man with leprosy was healed who went to see the prophet. So there was healing in the Old Testament. There is definitely healing in the New Testament. Healing is still the will of God. My goal tonight is to steer your faith that you would boldly accept your mandate to do the works of Jesus. Put that in the comments. I am called to do the works of Jesus. I am called to do the works of Jesus. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You may think I'm joking. Go back to John 14, 12. What does it say? I tell you the truth that anyone who believes in me will do what? Lesser works. Is that what it says? It says the same works that I have done and greater works because I am called to be with the Father. Say, I do the works of Jesus. Now, some of you may be panicking. Pastor Sean, how am I going to do the works of Jesus? I'm going to tell y'all. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're going to go early. The Holy Ghost. How are you going to do the works of Jesus? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in you as a born again believer, just like he's in Jesus. So how are you going to do the works? The Holy Ghost. You go lay hands and release the Holy Ghost. You go speak the word and release the Holy Ghost. You go anoint with oil and speak the and release the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost, baby. It's the Holy Ghost. Stop looking at yourself. Stop worrying about yourself. That's what I learned the day that I prayed for the lady whose ankle got healed. I, I, what I learned is that it's not Sean Strickland. I'm just a vessel for the Holy Spirit. Do I have any other vessels for the Holy Spirit? See, I want us to grow. Obviously, a part of our Christian walk should be obedience. A part of our Christian walk should be that we don't curse and drink and engage in sexual perversion and fornication and all of those things. But a big part of our Christian walk should be doing the works of Jesus. I do the works of Jesus. Hallelujah. So in the name of Jesus tonight, we reject every doctrine, theology, and lie that waters down Jesus and who we are in him. And by faith, we embrace our new identity in Christ and the power he has given us to do his work in the world around us. We are anointed for service. We have been invited to supernatural living. And when we accept his invitation, the Holy Spirit will transform us and our understanding of how we are to live as Christians. Walking in healing and ministering healing is the part of the inheritance that belongs to every believer, including you. Say, including me. Including me. I am including. I am not excluded. But Pastor John, I grew up Catholic. You're not excluded. I grew up in a Baptist church. You're not excluded. I've been sick for a lot of years. You're not excluded. I never knew anybody who got healed. Well, if you on here tonight, you know Darius and Darius got healed. You are included, including me, including me. Hallelujah. People always ask me, how did I get so passionate about healing? So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my story. In 1999, my grandmother was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer and given no hope. It was during that time that I realized that I, along with most of the believers that I knew, I'm going to say pretty much all of the believers I knew, we did not know anything about healing. 
We have been so indoctrinated in the theology that told us God was mysterious and we couldn't understand his ways, that he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time and that you can only count on it, but you didn't never know what the will of God was going to be. Listen, we were indoctrinated with that. We were scared, we were desperate, and we were hoping for a miracle, but we had no biblical understanding regarding healing. So instead of praying in faith, you know what we did? We begged. We begged God. And God does not respond to begging, but he does respond to faith. So unfortunately, my grandmother, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, she went home to be with the Lord that same year. But it stared in me how important it was for me not to live a gospel that was watered down. And so I began to study and devour the scriptures on healing. Pastor Ellen can tell you that for years, pretty much every week, I am going to listen to some healing scriptures. I'm going to read something about healing. I'm going to read something in the gospels because I I had to own that there was a gap between what Jesus said and what I was seeing. And I would not, I would not believe that Jesus was lying. So I had to be the one to level up. Now, listen, I just saw that. Can y'all bring Kim's testimony back? Cause we got another testimony tonight. Can you bring, Kim says, I am raising my arm above my head with barely no shoulder pain. I could barely lift it before I'm going for hundred percent healing. We, we agree with you and we command your shoulder to be healed now in Jesus name and all the pain to go and full rotation to come and no, and not to come back in Jesus name. Go ahead and test that arm again. I promised myself that I would continue to grow in my healing, in my understanding of faith regarding healing. Now, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen healing in the natural every time that I have prayed. But let me tell you what I have seen. I have seen a whole lot of people healed. And I have seen a whole lot more people who that would have been healed when I had that bad theology. We have learned to take risks in our family. We have learned to take risks in fellowship of champions. We have learned not to settle. And I will see even more miracles because I refuse to accept that sickness and disease should rule our lives, cause us grief, sorrow, and premature death. Who's with me? I need to know who with me on that. See, I refuse to accept. I don't care how long I have to study, how long I have to pray, how many more messages I have to listen to, how many more questions I have to ask God. I refuse to accept that sickness and disease should rule our life. Somebody needs to step from under sickness and disease tonight. Somebody needs to break up with the idea that you got to manage it for the rest of your life. Someone needs to embrace that our God is a supernatural God who still does miracles and who has empowered us in this season to do his work. I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. I want you to embrace that God wants you healed and he wants you to walk in the ministry of healing. If you remember what Mark 16 tells us, Mark 16 tells us that healing belongs to everyone who believes. Let me hear from my believers. Healing belongs to everyone who believes. Healing. Be Can we just stop and give 13 seconds of praise for Darius and Kim?
Can we just stop and say, thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would meet us on a Bible study on a Wednesday night. We thank you that your word reaches out every place that we are, that you didn't even need us all in the same place, that you touched Darius in Alabama and Kimberly in Maryland, and that you're not through touching tonight. We just want to say thank you for that. You are so good. You are so gracious and you are so worthy. I need you to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is working in you. In Acts 1 and 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes up on you and you will be my witnesses telling everyone about me everywhere. How, how do we do this? By the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do in the rest of our time together is that I want to teach you the five-part prayer model that I use. Now, these are things that God taught me over time, but interestingly, as I was studying, I found out that there are a couple of people who use a model. I tweaked it a little bit, but let me tell you something. We have something great for you. I don't know if you know this. This is a commercial right here, but Fellowship of Champions now has its own tech service. SMN service, right? And so what I need you to do, guys, there's a banner in there and there is a banner that tells you how to get text that lets you know um, that that lets you know when we're going live, that lets you know about upcoming events. Um, it's the last banner in the announcements and it tells you that. And if you text that today, what you are going to do is that you are going to get a PDF copy up after service is over, you'll get the PDF copy of this healing model that you can have. So what I need you to do is I need you to go to 1-844-387-5122 and text F-O-C-I-N-T. Now here's what I need you to do. When you send this text, it's going to ask you your name. Don't ignore it. Add your name so we can have it for the records, right? But at the end of service, everybody who's on the text list, you are going to get a copy of the PDF that you will have readily available for you anytime you get ready to pray for healing. So are y'all ready? Do y'all want to learn the five-step healing mo uh, model? Now, let me say this. Are we always going to do every single step? No, but it's going to give us a framework, okay? Again, we want you to text F-O-C-I-N-T to one 387-5122 and make sure you reply with your name and those who do it, you are going to get a copy of this document PDF that you can take with you. My God, look at Avery Blank. She said, healed. I had a tonsillectomy on Friday, have been in pain since then, and now I am pain-free. Admins, I hope y'all are catching these testimonies. Baby, that's three right now, and we only 44 minutes in, and five of that was the introduction, baby. Our God is a miracle-working God. Come on and give God some praise. You know, it's not too late for you to text somebody and tell them to jump on. It's not too late for you to tag somebody. There's somebody right now that you know that's on Facebook. You probably could scroll Facebook right now and see 15 people telling you that they're in pain. They've had a migraine all day. They got all this stuff going on. You need to tag them and say, get over here. You do not have to accept sickness. So let's talk about the five-step model. And anybody who has done healing with us for a while is going to see that we do this. So step number one is the interview. Step number one is the interview. In Mark 9, 21 
in Mark, not the ninth chapter, the 21st verse in the message translation, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been going on? And he replied, ever since he was a little boy. This answers the question, basically, where does it hurt? What is the issue, right? I want to encourage you to learn the value of really listening to people. I want to encourage you. One of the things that sometimes bugs me a little bit about on social media is that like somebody will be like, oh, I have an unspoken prayer request. Can y'all pray for me? And all of these people will jump in and say praying. But what? how do we pray for a target and we don't know what it is that we're trying to hit? So when you have the opportunity and someone says to you, hey, pray for me, my stomach is hurting or my stomach is hurting. You say, can I pray for you? You say, how long has your stomach been hurting? You know, you're trying to find out, is this because they ate something bad? Is this because they're stressed out? Is this a chronic issue? Is this um, is this a um, is this a bloodline issue we, or is this an issue? Is the stomach issue a side effect to something else that's going on? So we ask, we learn, we ask. Let, let me ask you to do this. Let's make how are you a real question instead of just a customary greeting. How are you, right? If you do that, you'll be on your way to healing ministry. The interview is conducted at two levels. What I'm reading to you now, you're going to get in the document. We're going to, and we're doing, we're interviewing at two levels. Natural, natural. We're asking what's wrong? How can I pray for you? We're listening and we're sorting the information according to their personal experience. We are observing what we can see, what we can hear, and what we can know. This is not a medical interview. We don't need all their medical history. Listen as long as it's appropriate for the setting in which you are in. Listen as long as it's appropriate for the setting that you are in. At the same time that we're listening to them, we are going to be listening at the supernatural level. What is the Holy Spirit saying about this? We're going to be sorting the information according to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That means we must embrace a theology that says that all of the gifts are available to every believer when we need them. So I may not always operate in them, but if I need them to do the works of Jesus in this moment, it is available to me. I, will, I think this is a great example to give you a testimony. Um, I was in Atlanta um, preaching with a friend and it was someone else's session and they were praying for a lady that was on a walker. It wasn't my session. I happened to be sitting in the back and they were asking her, basically they were doing the interview part and they were asking her, why couldn't she walk? Well, while they were asking her why she couldn't walk, I was asking the Holy Spirit, why couldn't she walk? He says, look, I look at her knee and in the spirit, I can see that there is what looks to be a snake wrapped around her knee in the spirit. So I say to the Holy Spirit, what is that? He says, that is the spirit of offense. She is offended with her ex-husband. Now, I don't know this woman. I watched them pray. I'm debating whether I should get involved. It's not my session. Finally, I walk up and I say to somebody, who is serving the person who's praying. And I say, I believe I have a word and I would like to share it if it's okay. And I ask her a question. Are you offended with someone? She, you can, you can typically tell on people's faces. I say, who are you offended with? She says, I'm offended with my ex-husband. And we begin to talk about it. And I begin to say to her, your knee hurts 
because that is where the offense has settled. Now, if you go and do some research, I didn't know this at the time, but if you go and do some research, scripture even tells us that offense and sorrow can make our bones ache. But there is also research that says that we can carry sorrow and strife and offense in our bones. Now, I want you to know this. That lady forgives her husband. And as she forgives her ex-husband, her knee starts to straighten out. That is the reason we want to ask the Holy Spirit, because we can be too quick to pray to. If I'm praying for Pastor Chris, oh, I'm just going to pray for your elbow. No, I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying, because Chris' elbow may hurt because she bumped it. And it may hurt because she's carrying stress. It may hurt because she doesn't have enough water. Do, is this making sense? I need y'all to talk back to me. Now, here's what happened that the scripture tells us. The scripture tells us that when something has been revealed to us, we can see it. We can use it. We can add it to our arsenal. I have seen so many women, particularly women healed of knee issues, women who thought they had arthritis, once they forgave the person that they were offended with and they released the offense. So if you have some aches in your knees, in your elbows, in your shoulders, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, am I offended with someone? See, if you are offended with someone, I can pray for you and temporarily give you relief. But you will not be able to maintain relief as long as you keep that offense and that unforgiveness in your heart. So if you got some achy knees, it's really joints. You got achy knees, you got achy wrists, you got achy elbows, you got shoulder issues. Those things right there. Ask the Lord, am I offended with someone? If the Lord, if a name comes up, a face comes up, 20 faces comes up. Can y'all put this in the comments? Don't argue with the Lord. Don't argue with the Lord. You know what else you should not do? At this point, this is not the time that you go, I thought I forgave them. Can we just do it again? And so I believe if you if you have pain in any of the places that I just mentioned right now, um, put a one in the comments. Put a one in the comments. And I want you to identify where your pain is. My pain is on a level three. My pain is on a level five. My pain is on a level seven. My pain is excruciating. I'm taking medicine every single day, right? Now, I want you to ask the Lord. We have all these people. Lord, am I offended with someone? Am I offended with someone? You may hear yourself, you may hear your mama, you may hear your old pastor, you may hear your boss, whatever it is. Now we're going to do the forgiveness exercise, right? We're going to say, Father, thank you for bringing it to my attention that I am offended. Today, I choose to release offense and I forgive. Put the name of the person in the comments. I, not in the comments. I'm sorry. Say it out loud. <laughs> put the name. Uh, no, don't put it in the comments, right? They may not know that you was offended with them. Say, I forgive X. I forgive this person. I forgive myself. I forgive my father. I forgive my uncle, right? I forgive. I forgive my boss. I forgive this. I forgive them. And I come out of covenant with unforgiveness and offense. 
Now, I want you to take a deep breath right here. And now I want you to say this. I am no longer in covenant with offense and unforgiveness. I have made an intentional choice to forgive. Therefore, any sickness that was in my body, my joints or anywhere else because of unforgiveness and offense must go now. I want you to lay hands on your knees. Get up out of here. Elbows, get up out of here. I feel like somebody's also getting healed from some stomach issues. But here's the thing. If you heard me pray a lot about, if you hear me pray a lot, you notice that one of the strategies God has given me is that we deal with unforgiveness. Once we deal with unforgiveness, we can command healing to come. That's not necessarily everybody's strategy. But when I'm dealing with people who have achy bones, I have learned over time, let's go to unforgiveness and offense. Now, there are some of you, you're like, but I've been healed from this before, but the enemy's sneaky. And so it's two things. You got to keep the door closed. And when it tries to come back, you got to be like, you can get up out of here. I, we don't have any covenant. Go now. Now, for those of you who put a number one in the comments, I need you to get up and check your body. Get up and move your knees and tell us what you can do, what you couldn't do before. If your pain was a 10 and now it's an eight, you need to testify. If it was a five and now it's a three, you need to testify. If it was a five and now it's a zero, you need to testify because a part of building faith for healing is the testimony. But if, here's the thing. If you say, I don't feel anything different, you still need to speak to your body and say, but I'm healed though. But I'm healed though. Now I need to see these testimonies in the comments. So one of the things I've learned to do as I'm waiting on the comments to come is that as you gain experience in hearing God, always give more weight to what you believe the Holy Spirit is saying, right? When, so one of the things when people tell me they're in pain, I'm always asking the Lord, what is the root of the pain? What's the root of the pain? If your pain went down, let us hear that in the comments. Francis Johnson said, I can now bend my knee. Donna said, I'm now on a three. Um, Kimberly says, I was on a five. Now I'm on a two. Now, if you know anything about me, everybody put in the comments what we about to do. Go again. We're about to go again. But I'm going to give you a little more before we go again. Okay. Brenda Johnson said, my right knee was a four and now it's a zero. We're going to go again, but let's keep going. Step two. So step one was the interview. Step two is the diagnosis. John 9 and 3 in the message translation, it says, Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead to what the power of God can do. I know I do soul shift work, but one of the biggest issues I see with a lot of people is that they just want to dig around in understanding. But Jesus says, listen, instead of looking for somebody to blame, look instead for what the power of God can do. Well, look again at what the power of God can do. 
So sometimes we know the root issue, but even when we don't know the root issue, what are we going to do? Look instead for what the power of God can do. Let's say we did the forgiveness exercise. Let's say that it's not because you can, um, not, it's not because you had offense. What are we going to do? We're going to look at what the power of God can do. Can y'all tell me who this is? I can only see Facebook user says I can touch my toes, could only get past my knees initially. Tell us your name because we can't see that. Y'all ought to be sharing this with everybody because healing is for you too. All right. So when we say what caused this, right? Avery says, I can now do deep squats. I have been diagnosed with osteoarthritis in my right knee. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus dancing now. Come on and bless the name of the Lord. Come on, Keyshawn with the healing today. Listen, so what we need to understand in the diagnosis is that it could be caused by natural factors like living in a fallen world, sinful world, like viruses, like accidents, right? It could be lifestyle consequences. You're going to get this in the document. So um, y'all drop the thing again so they can get the text. So you'll be able to see this. So it could be the result of a virus. It could be the result of whatever's going around. It could be the result of lifestyle, lifestyle consequences, diet, sinful behavior, out of balance, too much stress, not enough sleep. It could be emotional or social issues like abuse, anger, bitterness, or unforgiveness. It could be genetic factors like heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure. So it could be caused by natural factors. It could be caused by spiritual factors like demonic affliction, right? Like sometimes blindness and deafness, we can see that those things in the Bible. And let me tell you something, this gets people really, really worked up. The problem with America sometimes is that we're way too educated. If you study the scriptures, there are times that Jesus attributes something physical like epilepsy to a demon, somebody who can't see to a demon. That doesn't make you a bad person because you need deliverance. As Minister Chandra teaches us all the time, deliverance is for everybody. Deliverance is, we, how many of you been delivered or something? How many of you are, both hands, we all need deliverance. Oh my God, this is so good. So it could be the result of demonic affliction, blindness, deafness. It could be the result of demonic oppression, compulsive behavior, the spirit of fear. It could be the result of witchcraft, curses, dabbling the occult, in the occult and demonic motives. For example, I was talking to somebody the other day that was ministering to somebody who um, was experiencing sleep paralysis. And she kept talking to the person, asking them if they had ever been engaged in any witchcraft. And they kept saying no. And then it came up that they had been playing or using tarot cards. The problem is the person did not know that tarot cards was witchcraft. So it could be for these things, but what are we still going to do, whether it's natural or whether it's spiritual? We are going to go after what the power of God can do, and the power of God can reach anybody, anywhere. Can you put that in the comments? The power of God can reach anybody, anywhere. I'm so excited. We're almost done. Listen, step three, the prayer ministry. So now that we've gotten this information, now we got to pray. James 5, 13 through 15 in the message, it says, are you hurting? Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together and a pray to and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you. 
um, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you have sinned, you will be healed inside out. Put that in the comments. Jesus will put me on my feet. There are some people, their knees got healed tonight. Jesus will put them on their feet. There are some people being healed of stomach issues. There are some people being healed of panic attacks. There are some people being healed of migraine headaches. Jesus will put you on your feet, right? So in this stage, we're going to have prayers directed toward God, right? How do we direct a prayer toward God? We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for assisting us. We thank you for helping us. We ask you to take control. We ask you to lead and guide us as we go. Some, we're going to pray in the spirit when we have the opportunity. Let me tell y'all something to all you prayers in the spirit. You do not have to pray out loud to pray in the spirit. You may be in a place where it is not appropriate to pray in the spirit out loud. You can still pray in the spirit in your head and in your heart. Do not let that stop you. Many times when I am standing in front of somebody preparing to pray for them or listening to what God is saying, I am praying in the spirit. So then we're going to petition. We're going to ask God for what we want with Thanksgiving. And then we're going to intercede. We're going to stand for the people. So like right now, there were people who said that they were in pain in their knees and their back and their joints. And now I just want you to pray for them. I just want you to ask God to release healing to them. The people that were at three and now they need to be at zero. The people who were at 10 and now they need to be at zero. Now just practice the prayer of intercession. And how how do we practice the prayer of intercession? We give God back his word. Father, we thank you that you have given us the power to operate in the power of healing. And so we come into agreement with heaven and we speak healing to everyone who is asking. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to submit to you that prayers don't have to be long to be impactful. They do not have to be long to be impactful. One of my, the favorite people in my family to pray for me is Jordan. And baby, Jordan don't pray no long time for nobody. She just be like, listen, be healed in Jesus name. And she goes on about her business. You do not have to pray a long time. You just want to pray in partnership with the Holy Spirit, right? I also want to encourage you. Don't be so busy praying that you can't hear. Don't, don't get, I don't know. I'm, I'm some of y'all, some of y'all are not going to like this, but I grew up in a church with a lot of deacons who just prayed the same prayers every single week. Don't be so set in your model or your, your method of prayer that you can't hear God say, hey, say it. Don't pray for that. Instead, pray for this. This is where we need to focus on, right? Is this blessing you? If this is blessing you, then let me know in the comments. We got two more steps. Now we're going to test and retest. Test and retest. Listen. Y'all didn't even know that Jesus was in the testing and retesting miracle, but I'm fin um, ministry, but I'm going to show you in Mark 22 um, and through 23 in the message translation um, in Mark 22, the 22nd chapter verses 23 through 26. Here is what's recorded. They arrived at Beth Bethesda. Some people brought a sightless man begging Jesus to give him a healing touch, taking him by the hand. He led him out of the village. He put spit in the man's eyes and laid hands on him and asked, do you see anything? He looked up the man who he spit in his eyes, the blind man, and he said, I see men. They look like walking trees. So Jesus laid hands on his eyes again, 
the man looked hard and realized that he had recovered perfect sight and saw everything in bright 2020 focus. Jesus sent him straight home telling him, do not enter the village. Let me go ahead and say this. Do not be spitting in people's eyes unless the Lord then gave you a, a word. You don't, 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 you, you ain't got to try to do all of that. Okay. I mean, you better know that you know that you know that you know. But second of all, what we learn from Jesus here is that Jesus spits in his eyes and the man says, I can see, but I see men as trees. Jesus don't say, well, go on home and that's the best it can get. Jesus don't say you just got to celebrate, just be glad you can see a little bit. Jesus lays hands on the man again. Jesus models for us testing and retesting. So for the people who earlier I told you you'd have an opportunity. Now I want you to speak to your body again and tell that pain to go. I want you to test and retest. You, you had a measure back when we were on step one and now we're on step four and it's your opportunity to test and retest. So now Kim, test and retest. Other people, Yolanda, test and retest. Lay hands on yourself again. Lay hands on your cousin again. Lay hands on big mama again and test that body again. Test and retest. Ask the person to test the area of pain and do something they could not do before. Check, get them to check and see if the pain is there. If it is present, pray again. If it is partially gone, then pray again a few more times until the pain is completely gone encourage them not to fake. We only want genuine results. The authenticity will open the door for other ministries and ongoing relationships. High pressure will make people feel manipulated and they'll leave your presence with a yucky feeling. Persistence and gratitude are important. I want y'all to hear that. We have probably all heard about services where somebody leaves feeling yuck. We don't have to manufacture anything. We don't have to try to make people fall down. We don't have to try to make people get results. All we have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to partner with us, right? So we want to engage in dialogue. Healing often is more of a process than a sudden event. Healing may occur without visible signs. Dialogue does not disturb the Holy Spirit, but everybody should not be talking, okay? The person will tell you what effects are occurring, helping you to bless what God is doing. Dialogue helps you build your faith. It's one of the reasons that I say like one time I'm going to give y'all a testimony of a healing that occurred with no visible signs that we could see. Me, Chris, and, and Chandra, we were doing healing school back in 2020. And, and one of them got a word that God wanted to heal somebody who had, um, who had an STD. As we talked through it a little more, it became clear that God wanted to heal somebody with herpes. This is so amazing. Literally, while they are talking this out. Now, first of all, everybody was a little nervous to say, is God really healing herpes? Yes, God heals STDs too. Yes, he does. He heals STDs too. And this lady messages me and says, literally, as Chris and Chandra are talking, she was having an outbreak that immediately went away and the skin was smooth while they were talking. By the time we got off, one more person sent me a message, right? And then here was the amazing thing. A month later, somebody watched the video and they got healed too. 
Chandra has a testimony when I taught supernatural living that um, she was believing for her needs to be restored. And there were all these people who had testimonies and the pain went away and nothing happened for her. And she got up the next morning, didn't think about think about it anything anymore. She had to, a torn meniscus in each knee and she came to herself sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce. She could not do that before. So I want you to know, don't let the enemy punk you and make you think that because something did not immediately happen that you can see that nothing happened. Stand on the word, right? Dialogue can also help you discern the factors that are that are influencing healing, right? So if somebody's struggling with fear, just like we talked about offense, just like we talked about offense, we all and unforgiveness. We also need to know that that some people, even though they come up, they are not expecting to receive. They are not expecting to receive because they are conditioned to their condition. In those cases, we want to be like the guy who the friends who tore the roof off for their friend. And we're going to say you can use our faith until your faith grows. Amen. Now, step number five, we got to have some post-prayer instructions. This is um, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 in the message translation. This is what Paul says. After we pray for people, this is what we want to tell them. In light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there, walk, better yet run on the road God called you to to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere and mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert and noticing differences and quick admitting fences. I love what he says. After somebody gets healed, what are we going to do? We're going to encourage them to walk with the Lord. We're going to be like Jesus when he said, go and sin no more. We're going to say, don't you go back to them streets. We're going to say, listen, God healed you from this. God healed you from high, um, God healed you from high blood pressure. Don't you go back to that pork and all that salt. Go and sin no more. We're going to encourage them to reject any symptoms or doubts that come back and attempt to make them feel like they're not healed. I need everybody to understand this. The enemy is a bully and a terrorist, but he's defeated. So one of the things that he tries to do is to get you to believe that nothing happened. If you get up in the morning and there is pain, don't you dare say nothing happened. You open your mouth and you say, healing is for me too. Now get on out of here, right? You got to take ownership of your healing. And then we encourage them to study scriptures to build their faith. And we encourage them to seek professional help and support and testing as needed. And we love on them. I believe Sasha Allison is on here. And I remember that she sent me this testimony. Um, she had a diagnosis. I don't remember the name of it. I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce it anyway. But she literally went through something we did with healing and went back to the doctor. And the doctor confirmed her healing. Listen. What God does, he does forever and he will confirm it. So those are our five steps. If you want to get those five steps, then I need you to get on the ministry text list. I need you to text F-O-C-I-N-T to one 
844-387-5122 and you will get your own PDF that you can keep on your phone, that you can email to yourself, that you can send to your kids and you can walk through that and get proficient in healing. But I'm looking to see who are my people who are committed to taking risks. Now, we're about to get ready to go, but I want to pray for a few more things. So if you have a specific issue that we have not called out. So number one, um, the people who were touching their knees and you did a test back then, I need to know if you have any improvement. I need you to put that in the comments. And then if there is somebody here and there is something we did not call out, I want to just pray for those things for a few minutes. What you guys are going to see is that when you see those things come up, you're going to speak the word over it. You're going to release the presence and the power of God. For those of you who are putting up your requests, you, these things that I taught you, you can do to yourself. Okay, Lord, why is this here? Lord, why does my head hurt every day? We had a beautiful testimony today. I don't know if you were watch Relationships 101. Did you watch Relationships 101 last night? We had an amazing time. And this more, this today, this afternoon, Pastor Edwin got a testimony. Um, Francis, give us a little more detail about that um, healing in your stomach. Ivy, give us a little more detail about the improvement. What does it look like? Anyway, this lady says that it was the first time in five years that she woke up without a headache because she finally released her ex-husband. So even though we didn't pray for healing yesterday, her following the instruction allowed her to be healed. Sometimes healing is going to come from following the instructions. All right. So I see some of you, you're putting in other people's prayer requests. Brenda says no pain in her knee. I need those of you who are praying for your for, for your friends. You need to be texting them. I speak to your heart and I command your heart to work the way God designed it to work. I speak to your foot and I tell your foot to obey in the name of Jesus. You got to be willing to be bold. You got to be willing to look crazy. You got to be willing to be misunderstood. We speak to Francis' stomach and we tell your body to digest food the way it's supposed to. And we also pray for the wisdom of God to be released to you to know exactly what you need to eat to cause your body to operate the way that it's supposed to. Amen. So we see anemia and fibroids. We speak to those fibroids now in the name of Jesus. Just put your hand on your body where those are. And we speak to them right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, go fibroids in Jesus name. Go fibroids in Jesus name. I need y'all to take your healing with boldness today. I need you to take it. Taish says, I have gout in my right foot and high protein loss through waste. I am 19 years old with stage two kidney disease. Number one, I don't, I don't want you to say that you with stage two kidney disease anymore. I want you to say you have been diagnosed. You do not own that as yours. Every day I want you to get up and I want you to say to your kidneys, function in Jesus name. I want you to study the scriptures about the healing, all of the miracles of healing, and you begin to Speak over your kidneys and command your kidneys to be repaired. We speak to Taisha's kidneys right now in Jesus' name. We say, be made whole in Jesus' name. Now, does anybody um want to give us any testimonies before they go?
There's several requests for erectile dysfunction. I'm glad we're not together because we can't lay hands for that. But we can, you know, lay hands on yourself and speak to yourself and tell yourself to work in Jesus' name. To work in Jesus' name. Now, one of the things that we know, Pastor, you think you're so funny. I don't care, though, because I will pray for anything, baby. I will pray for anything. So we say, E.D. go in Jesus' name. T.L.P. is for me. E.D. go. But listen, let me tell you something. One of the things we know, and I want to listen, E.D. is a very serious thing. But one of the things that we know is that there is a strong connection between E.D. and high blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, it is going to be very difficult to get rid of IED without dealing with the high blood pressure. Now, we agree with you, but you have got to deal with that high blood pressure. So what I want you to do is to ask the Lord how you need to eat. Your doctor has already given you some of those instructions. You need to understand that some of the medications they give us they are not discerned for long-term use because they impact us negatively long-term. So those of you, I want you to reach out to Pastor Elwin so he can be in agreement with you and you can um, and you can talk about the, um, the things that you need to do so that he can help you hold accountable. But let me tell you something. If it's important for you not to have ED, you might have to stop eating so much fried chicken. You might have to quit eating so many burgers. And I know that the saints don't always like to hear that, but um, that, that's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes it's natural things that we need to do, all right? The medication is what caused DD. So then the only way to fix it, um, Secunda says, and no alcohol. Alcohol will also cause people to have ED, men to have ED. So those are the things you need to do. Were you blessed by the teaching today? Janet is actually a, a nurse and Janet says, um, cinnamon is amazing for lowering your blood pressure. She's a nurse. Y'all go follow Janet. Janet, you need to start giving some tips every day. She says juicing celery and beetroot. Now I just heard somebody say, um, somebody say, I don't want no, um, I don't want no beet juice and no celery. Do you want your Johnson to work again? Now you got to Sometimes you got to choose. You got to choose now. I know in church, we don't have enough conversations like this. If baby, if beet juice and celery is what's going to do it, baby, you ought to be drinking beet juice and celery like it is water trying to get your stuff. Choose life now. Choose life so you're not over there sad. All right. Let's see. What else we got? Somebody's baby was crying. Can y'all show me that? And wives, if your husband is struggling with ED because he's taking medication, because he's on high blood pressure medicine, you can't always be cooking every single thing that he asking you to cook because he like, ooh, baby, I love when you cook it. Praying for your baby, excessive crying, be ceased. Is there any pain? May it be removed in Jesus' name. I got some of my prayer team on here. Does anybody hear anything about this? Keita, how old is your baby? How old is your baby? Yolanda, stop saying menopause is kicking your butt. That's part of the reason it's kicking your butt. You got to stop. You can't embrace everything that the world says. You got to say, okay, menopause is a natural part of transition. But Lord, how can I manage menopause? 
Kita, I don't, this, listen, I know nine months is a little old for that, but when you, when I first read your comment, even though I was talking about the other thing, I felt like you needed to swaddle your baby. And I know it's a little bit harder to swaddle a big baby, a bigger baby, but I want you to try that. Vitamin E for menopause. But y'all got to watch y'all words. You can't be like menopause kicking my butt. You can't believe what the world believes. You got to be, I, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges in our body. It means we go after the wisdom of God for what we can do. Amy says magnesium for menopause. Santa Teresa said play worship music. So I'm going to say wrap your baby up and play worship music. And if it keeps going, it's okay to take your baby to the doctor and say, listen, my baby's crying and I don't know what's going on. Y'all need to go follow Janet. She a nurse. She spirit field. Janet, you need to start giving people a morning daily tip on something they can do to improve their health. All right. Listen, I hope y'all have been blessed by today's teaching. It's your opportunity to give when you sow your seed today. I want you to sow your seed in agreement with this, this right here, that you have joined the healing ministry. That you don't just receive healing, but you have joined the healing ministry. Kita says, yes, it's so complicated. It is complicated. Um, let me see. Janet's last name is Lawrence. Let me see. I saw Kita send me a message on Facebook. I'm going to look because I saw a TikTok the other day about that uh, easy way to swaddle. And let's see what we can do to get this baby kind of wrapped up and let the Lord give you give, give all some peace in Jesus name. All right. You give today. If you, I've joined the healing ministry. I've been activated to duty. I'm, I'm ready to go. Sasha says she normalized BP and anemia by juicing beets, carrots, and apples. Here y'all go with the beets again. That is like, do you want, babe? Because listen here, I'm about to get me some beets. Sasha, send me the recipe so I can know how to do this right here. I have joined the healing ministry. I am activated to duty. Study these scriptures and one more thing. What'd you say? Create a blog. <laughs> Create a blog for me and call tips to keep your Johnson working. Um, Miss um, Lawrence, you might have something there. Tips to keep your Johnson working. Everybody want that Johnson to work until the end. I mean, listen, that's how they knew David was dead, basically, because they put somebody in the bed with him and David didn't do nothing. So listen. All right. I hope y'all got something from this today. Sasha, send me that recipe. Tell me how to do that. I really need somebody to make my own beet juice because I, you know, it seemed pretty gross to me, but, I, but I'm willing to try it because I have been diagnosed with anemia and um, every year or so I have to take iron infusions, but I'm willing to try it. Let's get these bodies regulated. Why? Because we in the army of the Lord and we got a lot of people to get healed and delivered. All right. I hope y'all were blessed by this. Listen, if Pastor Ralph lets me, I'm going to come back and teach about this again next week if he gives me the opportunity because I believe we need more healing, teaching, and I need y'all to go practice with somebody. Um, not, not the Johnson part. I need you to go practice the laying hands um, and, and laying hands and sending the word. Those of you who got friends, send them a prayer, speak their body. Listen, I know this got to be Pastor Ellen right here, but you only got one earth suit. And the reality of it is God told me this years ago 
He told me, he said, Sean, your only legal authority to be in the earth is your earth suit. And if your earth suit doesn't, if your earth suit stops working, you got to leave here. And so the enemy wants you to mistreat your body so that he can get you up off the planet and he can waste the majority of your life praying for healing when you're supposed to be out here in the army of the Lord releasing healing. But I'm telling you what, I'm decreeing and declaring Fellowship of Champions is a healed church. Fellowship of Champions is a whole church. Fellowship of Champions is a church that sees miracles. Fellowship of Champions is a church that our bodies are regulated for the glory of God and we operate in the healing ministry, all of us, every single one of us, because it is the will of God for our life. Now, it's your opportunity to give ways to give. I know you want to give today because, baby, that was a good teacher. Give a five, push, pay, tithely, text to give, 833-969-0897. And for our international partners, um, FOC Church NWA, let me tell you something. I was so blessed. One of our partners told us today that she may be going to London for two years. And we got to talking about it. And she, I said, oh, we about to have a London partner. And we kept going back and forth. And she said, you know, London FOC. She said, FOC London sounds good. I said, now you get on over there and you find you some people who want FOC London. And me and Pastor Edwin and the ministry team, we would jet on over there. And baby, we will be ministering on the other side of the pond. Listen, because FOC is going places. We international, baby. And we that's why we need all of you equipped. That's why we need a whole church to be to pray for healing. From the babies to the seniors, everybody needs to know. All right. We love y'all. God bless you. We will see you at prayer at 630 on Friday morning. We are ready. Don't FOC London sound good? Oh, didn't y'all feel that FOC London sound good? What else sound good? Let's just dream a little bit as we get ready to go. What else sound good? FOC, what else sounds good? Y'all tell me some places we need an FOC. Babe, pay attention. Let's see what's happening. FOC London, what else we need? FOC South Africa, FOC France, FOC Germany. Come on, FOC all over the world. Africa, FOC Lake Village. I bet you better pastor, Dimitri. You already down there. FOC Europe. FOC Vegas. Jeremiah, baby. Jeremiah passed. They don't say Jeremiah done heard from the Lord. Everything sent us to Bora Bora, Vegas, Jamaica, Vegas. Look, the people, the Vegas, the back, the backside done got excited. Listen, we're going to be training and equipping people. We're going to be giving people more opportunities to partner with us. We want you equipped because we really do want not just a virtual ministry, but for there to be able to be locations, people, small groups meeting up all over the world. Somebody said Wyoming. Who is in Wyoming? Amen. I like a farm, so you know it won't bother me. I go out there and give me some cattle. All right, Philly, FOC Philly, Malaysia, amen. You know what? Let me tell y'all, that means some of you must be called to partner with us. That means some of you must be called to do ministry because you know who can't be in all them places on a Sunday? Me, Chris, and Pastor Strick. We can't. That means it must be some more praise and worship leaders. It must be some more prayers. It must be some more preachers. It must be some people that is supposed to come into leadership and fellowship champions. So we just waiting on you. So you think about all of these places that you listed. You know what we waiting on? You. 
We just waiting on you. And with that note, we we wish you a good night. Take your healing. Go over these scriptures. Share this with somebody else. We love you. Thank you for dreaming with us. And we will see you at prayer Friday morning at 630. God bless you. Have a great evening.